Uh, all right. Uh, my name's Mookie, or Mark, if you prefer, from 88.5, the SoCal Sound, and the SoCalSound.org. Uh, we're at Big Ego Studios today in uh, Long Beach, and we've got a live session with Wise Blood. We're going to get into the music right now uh, and then talk to uh, Natalie herself in just a, a, a matter of moments here. But let's get into the first song. It's Children of the Empire. Uh, it's brand new, and it's a, uh, an exclusive SoCal Sound version. And this is 88.5 The SoCal Sound.
There you go. Something off the new record. Uh, that's uh, new music from Wise Blood, Children of the Empire, and uh, the new record's called And In the Darkness, Hearts Aglow. Natalie is here with us right now at Big Ego Studios. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for taking the time and making the drive down to Long Beach today. Um, again, uh, the new record's called And In the Darkness, Hearts Aglow, uh, coming off of the heels, as they say, of uh, the t- 2019 release. Uh, Titanic Rising, which from what I understand is uh, two parts of a trilogy. We'll, we'll get to that in just a, a little bit here. Um, but man, so many people are talking about your music right now, and I imagine it must feel really good. Um, Spin Magazine, I don't know if they're considered a magazine anymore, <laughs> but they just you know recently uh, you know announced that you were their Artist of the Year for 2022. And that's kind of crazy because the new record basically came out towards the tail end of 2022. Were you just as surprised as as I was? Did you know that this was coming? I was surprised, but when they interviewed me, um, I could tell that they had taken a real special interest in the content, like the, you know, the meaning behind the lyrics and stuff. And yeah. I guess it made a great impact with them. So, yeah, I was like, OK, cool. I used to read Spin back in the day. <laughs> right. Um, the first thing that kind of struck me um, in learning the title of the album was the uh, the literary quote, uh, it's always darkest before the dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a similar sentiment there? Definitely, yeah. I think, the, you know, speaking symbolically, you know, the dark night of soul and like there's so many different um, uses of the word darkness. Um, and I thought, yeah, like maybe modernity and the struggles, the existential struggles of um, modern technology in some ways are their own form of darkness because you can't really see the algorithms that are controlling your life mm-hmm. for the most part. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it means a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I, I imagine there's a lot to read into there, um, reading between the lines, if you will. Sometimes musicians are quite literal. Uh, sometimes it's hard to decipher exactly what the message is, you know? Yeah. Um, I think I read that you had said to somebody that um, you thought society would thrive, uh, maybe come out of the pandemic in a, a renaissance period. However, would you say that we're deeper in this hole that we've dug for ourselves as a society? Yeah, I think I think it, it was, you know, really slow coming out of it and people are still a little fried, but also just, yeah, we kind of leaned in deeper into our phones and like the pre-existing structures, which I can't blame anybody for, you know, um, it's kind of like a panopticon of our own making. It's really hard to kind of crack through and, and really decide, you know, what's best for reality and humanity. But, um, I, I do think that we leaned in a little deeper into, you know, kind of more artifice and, and, um, you know, I guess trying to have like a piece of some dream, you know, before it's too late versus mm-hmm. trying to like fix the idea of it being too late. Mm. At the peak of the pandemic, really, um, how would you spend your time? Were you working on this new record? Yeah, I, I wrote this record during the pandemic, kind of during 2020. Right. So like the peak of the whole everything. Right. Would it be um, safe to say that um, Titanic Rising was a commentary or reflection of the past, whereas this new record is more living in the present? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, Titanic Rising is more about like things to come and, and 
and kind of like sounding the alarm. And this one's more about living amongst the blare of the alarm. It's just blasting full, full blast all mm. the time. You know, mm-hmm. Incredible. Um, well, our listeners have heard the song Grapevine a little bit. And uh, we're going to get a live version right now. Would you mind giving us sort of a little bit of background on this song in particular? Maybe a... Well, it's great a, that it's being played in SoCal. And I hope somebody is on the grapevine somewhere <laughs> and listening to this on the radio because it's about the five. Um, and yeah, it's it's kind of about, you know, the the kind of memories that can get stored within you and how they can be woken up by different wounds and how people are kind of functioning you know, with their own grapevine of memories and, and something can trigger something that goes way back. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like tying the freeway into our bodies. It's a, a geomancy, a geological romance. Incredible. Uh, it's the song Grapevine. It's a uh, an exclusive SoCal Sound version. Again, we're at Big Ego Studios today with Wise Blood on the SoCal Sound. see a shadow Oh He can block your sun all day He can make you small He has the power to take his love away Six hours on the grapevine I feel kidnapped this time Cause my baby thinks He always believes That he's always right But I still think of him at night
there you go. Uh, that was a song uh, that uh, some of our listeners are familiar with. It is Wise Blood, a live version of the song Grapevine here in the uh, our big ego studios here in Long Beach. My name's Mookie. Uh, please know we're a listener-supported public radio station. If you want to keep the content going on and off the air, uh, consider becoming a subscribing member, and you could always contribute through uh, the SoCalSound.org. A couple of cool things that I saw on the internet recently. Uh, you hit the stage with some heavy hitters and some people that we certainly do admire. I think it was a Jack Antonoff benefit of some sorts, um, but it was really all over the internet. And it was you and Lucy Dacus and Phoebe Bridgers and uh, Maddie from the 1975 and uh, Trey Anastasio. Right from fish, fish of all people. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was going on there? And I guess if people do enough <laughs> yeah, digging, what was going on there? Huh? <laughs> if people do enough digging, they could uh, find footage of that. Uh, it seemed like a really magical moment. Well, yeah, I think you know Jack Antonoff knows everybody, so he hit me up. He's like, "Are you going to be on the East Coast for the holidays? Would you like to do this benefit?" And I just said yes without really knowing anything about it, just assuming it would be really fun. And I, I was really surprised when I got there that, yeah, it was just a bunch of people and everybody wanted to do a song together. And we spent a long time trying to figure out what that song would be. Mm-hmm. And we kind of settled on these days and then Phoebe and, and Lucy came and we all kind of just jammed it in the bathroom of the backstage, which is maybe the best performance of just us like kind of seeing, you know, over the echo of the tile and Matt and Jack playing and Trey jamming. And then we hit the stage, but yeah, I really felt like um, it was a really um, strange mixture of people, but ultimately made a lot of sense. No, it was very cool. Uh, we got goosebumps seeing that, and uh, you basically broke Twitter with footage of uh, that performance. <laughs> it was very, very cool. Cool. Again, uh, we're here with Natalie from Wise Blood, and uh, we're getting a live performance here at Big Ego Studios in Long Beach. Who's in the band? Uh, who did you bring today? And is this the band that's going to be on the extensive European tour pretty soon? Yeah. So my keyboardist is is Walt McClements. Uh, my drummer is Jay Rudolph. My guitarist and keyboard player is Dylan Casey. And my bassist is Ali Futerer. And they're all singing. We're all doing um, doing harmonies, doo-wop style. Mm. Well, you do sing brilliantly together. And uh, it's an amazing band. I did want to ask you about your relationship with uh, this Jonathan Rado character. He's magical. Um, he has helped me produce... You know, we've kind of done co-productions on the last two records, but he, yeah, he's kind of, you know, SoCal's best kept secret, in my opinion. Um, He's a producer that kind of functions pretty exclusively out of the Valley in in Los Angeles, and that's where he's from. And he was in the band Foxygen, still is, but they're they're kind of not um, touring at the moment. Um, And yeah, he's just, we both kind of have a similar appreciation for more experimental ambient music and songwriting and kind of bringing the two worlds together. Um, You know, kind of having the melodies and the lyrics and the universality of the music be kind of the sugar to help the medicine go down of all the secret noises and Mm. kind of weird stuff that's going on Mm. under the surface. But if you listen closely, you can kind of hear it. Did you have an idea of uh, production-wise how you wanted things to go or did things sort of get tweaked on the fly when you guys were yeah, you know, very, doing things in the studio. It's super generative and, and we kind of don't get too strict. We, um, we kind of made this really big, beautiful hi-fi record and then kind of messed it up. We like <laughs> ran things through smaller tape, you know, like taking something that was on a two inch splice of tape and putting it to a quarter inch and kind of just squashing the sound um, to kind of make it all have space um, and, and kind of make it like um, 
you know, in, in some ways nostalgic because a lot of the older recordings that we were, you know, really inspired by did the same thing where they would take the whole string section and just squash it down to like the tiniest bit of tape, which gives it that real congealed feeling. So everything is running through a lot of different stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And before it just kind of sounded like, you know, like a Disney princess frozen soundtrack or something. And then we kind of, yeah, that that also has its merits, but we wanted to mess it up and kind of make it a little bit more abstract. Well, you guys are building these epic soundscapes and um, we're loving what we're hearing from from Wise Blood. Um, we we also saw that the Lemon Twigs brothers are playing on this record, mm-hmm. and uh, friends of ours like Meg Duffy. Yeah, and uh, it seems like you have some amazing friends to to help you out on some of this stuff. How many instruments do you play yourself, and what's your go to instrument for say if you're just sitting down to write a writing a song? I can play all the instruments poorly. Like I could play some bass, I could play some drums, but I'd say like I'm pretty decent at guitar and piano. And lately I've been going to the piano, but historically guitar is my main songwriting mm-hmm. thing. Right. And uh, and that was your first instrument, huh? Back mm-hmm. in the day as a, uh, as a youngster. Yeah. What music was around you in those formative years as a youth and uh, throughout high school as well? Well, I was really lucky because my parents really loved music. So my, my dad's favorite band was XTC which was a strange band to grow up That's with around cool, the house. That's very cool, though. Yeah. There's a cool factor there, I would yeah, say. That was pretty cool. XTC, yeah. Stevie Wonder, Weather Report, and Joni Mitchell. Oh, my goodness. That was the, the, the house jams. It was also the music that my brothers liked, too. So it was like what we chose. And, and then I started working at a record store when I was about 13 and, and just started combing the new arrivals looking for weird music. I just immediately was like attracted to stuff that was a little off or a little outsider and like hearing Sid Barrett for the first time and realizing that you don't have to be completely sharp to make really cool music mm-hmm. was really revelatory for me. And yeah, I just kind of went into like a wormhole of like alternative music. I think around that time, because at that time in the world, mainstream music had gotten so boring. It was just like, you know, Matchbox 20 and Spice Girls and Hanson. And I just remember thinking, you know, this is like, I guess it's pop, but there's not that much going on or something. So that's when I kind of got into older music and underground music and then in high school, I would take the train from where I lived and go see shows. And um, I saw like, you know, Sonic Youth and the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. And, um, were you, as an aspiring performer at that time, were you kind of um, going to school? Were you taking notes as far as what a oh, yeah. performance would look like? Well, yeah, no, I would, I would go to the shows and, and um, I'd show up like three or four hours early because I didn't have enough money to buy the tickets. And eventually the show promoter just kind of felt bad for me. So he just let me go to all the shows. But I was totally taking notes. It was, you know, close to being brainwashed, like cult style. I just thought it was the best thing in the world. And I was, you know, decided at a very young age, I was going to dedicate my life to to music. To music. Yeah. You hear about musicians um, sort of doing that, like Frank Black from the Pixies used to go to shows and he just wanted to know how many songs they could get away with to play a full set on any given night. <laughs> yeah, you how know? short can the set be? You know, and, uh, you know, go and, and, and take notes. Um, amazing. Again, we're here with Wise Blood, a Spins Artist of the Year for 2022. Uh, you're about to go on an extensive tour of Europe and then back in the United States for even more shows. I don't think we're going to get you in Southern California till Coachella mm-hmm. in April um, yeah. for a couple of shows there, but that will definitely be, be very cool. How do you prep for a tour like this? It seems like it's it could be grueling. 
Yeah, I mean, I I actually really like the structure of tour because um, it's like a you complete something every day versus in the studio you th- might have gotten something done, but the next day you could come back and be like, ah, I don't like it, it's not done, you know. But at mm. least with a show, you, it's not like you can go redo a show. It's like you do it and it's done, and there's something very satisfying about completing um, that and kind of having this closed policy where it's like you can't you know redo a show you only have one chance and that's in a strange way kind of liberating Um, and as far as grueling I mean it is and that's why you know music is you know uh, how should I say it's glamorized you know by other people but when you really get into it it's um, (laughs) it is still rewarding and I, yeah, I still get a lot of joy, even though it is, you know, maybe tiring, but I do love playing. It's my favorite thing, so. I imagine it could be mentally and physically draining um, at times. Are you looking forward to visiting a particular city when you go overseas this time? Yeah, no, I love, um, you know, London, Berlin. I love Paris. Just all the big, the greatest hits of Europe. Mm -hmm. Walking to a castle, you know, like eating some toast skagen or whatever the swedish food mm-hmm. i get down i'm a real like foodie travel person nice uh, food tour of of europe oh, yeah. if you will yeah it's all part of it um uh, again we're gonna get into one more song here and uh we're using big ego studios for the first time here in long beach it's uh, really a, a fantastic place and uh we're, we're happy to catch up with you um i guess maybe last question uh, as far as artists who are active today, um, who are you listening to and how do you consume music? Are you streaming? Are you a vinyl collector? You know, I love vinyl, but I actually, my receiver just broke. And yeah. But I do a lot of streaming too, especially on the road because it's just so easy and having, you know, some headphones, you can just listen to whatever you want, wherever you are. And I mean, that's just like a dream come true in some ways, like not carrying out a satchel or that the big book of CDs or something. Um as far as recent artists, I really like Alex G's new record. I love God Save the Animals. He's also from Philly, which is kind of a hometown zone for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Spelling. She's from Oakland, and uh, her record came out, I think, in 2020, but is totally mesmerizing and, and super beautiful. And then, yeah, I, I listen to a lot of classical music. I'm kind of like into... Um, classical music and experimental music i really i recently saw a show with ben babbitt and claire rousset and ben babbitt you know is kind of a composer and claire rousset is like kind of a conceptual artist who works with sound incredible um so highly recommend seeing them live for a full-blown sound design like video component along with the music sort of thing lots of visuals no actually just just kind of sound oh which is cool but i mean yeah you you'll run into that um I also like Onio Tricks Point Never and, well, One Tricks Point Never. I've been pronouncing it wrong forever because he's my friend and I'm allowed <laughs> to do that. But he has incredible visuals and I saw him uh, last year because now it's 2023. Yeah, I saw him last year and the visuals were extremely elevated. Sometimes visuals so. are worth the price of admission alone. Yeah, be, yeah, totally. Depending on the act, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Again, yeah. we're here with Wise Blood. The new record's called And In The Darkness, Hearts Aglow. Uh, the website is wiseblood.com. People could get the tour dates, uh, buy some merch. I know there's a, a cassette player up there of the new record, which people could purchase if you're into it. Uh, we're going to wrap it up and get into one more song. Um, it's a pleasure to meet you. I can't believe they let me do this for a living. Yeah, and, right. Uh, we're so lucky. Yeah, I know. And SoCal, no less. It, no kidding. Uh, uh, well, well, let's get into it. 
Uh, Natalie Wiseblood, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. Good luck on the road, and we'll see you back in SoCal real soon. Here is a song called Hearts Aglow, and this is 88.5 The SoCal Sound. We don't. 
The SoCal Sound Sessions are produced by 88.5 The SoCal Sound. Session hosted by Mark Mookie Kazor. Audio recorded and mixed by Tristan Dolce. Edited by Matt Blake. The SoCal Sound is a public service of California State University Northridge and Saddleback College. Streaming on the web at thesocalsound.org.